Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. episode 25 of Concussion Chats. My name is Taya. Concussion Chats is a podcast hosted by the McGill students for the Concussion Life Group Foundation with the help of Nick from Concussion Talk Podcast. We are dedicated to providing strength and hope to those suffering from concussions through sharing experiences. Today I have a recording of Alan. Um, Alan is a former professional boxer that now coaches. For years he had told his wife that something still wasn't right in his head. When his wife and children noticed um, him becoming more angry, confused, depressed, and showing inappropriate behaviors, they took him to the doctor. After numerous doctors, CT scans, and MRIs, he was diagnosed with dementia pugilistica um, and probable CTE at John Hopkins in 2017. Since then, Alan has started writing poems about his experience and continues to fight for his life, beating odds at every turn. With the help of his incredible wife, he has sought more than 30 various treatments and is back to lifting weights and working out three to four times a week. And we'll start off with how you finish with working out three to four times a week. That's on the break now that I've uh, just had just had a heart surgery, my third heart procedure, which was... Uh, finally a success. I've had autonomic nerve dysfunction. So I've gone through ablations. Um, I run a rapid AFib. And once they said being, I was so fortunate to be where I am is because of all the exercise I've done throughout my life and through my recovery from concussions now. Um, I'm on a six to eight week layoff right now, not being able to lift my arm above my shoulder. And in that six to eight weeks, I'll probably lose about 20 to 30 pounds of just muscle slash just weight. Um, because with the concussions and stuff, I have muscle atrophy and fight that a lot. Um, just a little bit about my shared success is really fighting the symptoms. We have an incurable disease. Anybody that's had concussions, absolutely, you can make comebacks. You can you can have great and tremendous, tremendous strides. 
but TBIs and once damage is done, it's hard to replace. You can't regenerate dead brain cells. Um, you see a lot of the stuff over, over the shelf, all will create better memory. Um, to anybody that's had TBIs or can, you know, any kind of concussion realizes it's the aftermath. And I call it the aftermath because that's really what it's been for the last 15 to 20 years of my life. Um, after stopping boxing, I had a great 10 years of retirement. Um, enjoyed my family. I was a, a high-paid sparring partner for likes of Mike Tyson, Lennox Lewis, um, and a few other heavyweight champions of the world. And um, just kept telling my wife after all the physical surgeries, something wasn't right. Uh, I just knew uh, walking out of the room to go get something before I even got to the other room, I'd forget what I was doing. Um, short-term memory stuff, not realizing what I had for breakfast that morning, or even if I ate, um, asking my wife a lot, what days today? Um, just a lot of confusion driving and then ending up somewhere. I had no clue where I was. Um, so in the last few years, my doctors had to take my license. Um, I was having blackout episodes. Um, from the brain damage and uh, with the blood pressure, ups and downs, pulse rate and heart rate just weren't good. Now, um, with the exercise, I found a guy named Andre Miller. Um, I don't know if you guys advertise, but it's a great organization, frontline alternative medication. And they, and they look outside the lines and they look at both male and females that's had injury and they work with they started their foundation with veterans um people that's had tbis through the military concussions um and then they started bringing in the athletes then they did studies and found out how that maybe you know went through domestic violence any and all types of concussions a concussions a concussion the story behind it is the story. And they have alternative medicine. They talked to me about testosterone. I went and had labs done. My testosterone levels were very low. Recovery to working out was very hard. Um, and they recommended me be on HGH, which is a human growth hormone, and testosterone once a week. So one, it would like the muscle atrophy, which has, and two, it gives me the strength, it gives me the power and energy to want to work out and want to work out the recovery. Um, not saying that everybody needs to go jump out there and get on testosterone. Um, that was just for my body to be able to even endure lifting five pounds. And that's how weak I was. Um, it's the program that I got into and the routine. It's the every day. And I, for myself, have realized routine is the most important, important thing in my everyday activity. I went from retired, like I said, to disabled. And that was all within five years of retiring to finding me finally going to Hopkins and getting the testing we needed through a PET scan. 
and PET scans show showed that my front and left uh, temporal brain was damaged, and that that actually is an image that will show the plaque. And they in 2017 gave me sent me home on palliative hospice and was given one year to live. And that was in 2017. Um, behaviors changes. Um, we've come with medications, with TBIs, which a Depakote, Paxil is medications that they use and have done studies with Paxil that you can actually regenerate dead brain cells. As I said earlier, you can't. <laughs> Paxil, only in a Petri dish has this been tested in, but they've done scientific testing on Paxil and it does regenerate. So I've spent years trying to find the combination of the right medications because there's so many out there that if you, with your brain damage or with TBIs, concussions, you have to be careful because some of these medications can can do so much worse for you that can help. And again, the studies, you know, are, are limited and, you know, we're, we're finding this out by different, different places. So, um, it, again, I thought I'd sit here and, and not have to worry about time and I feel like I'm running out of things, but it, it's really my, my story is the fight of the symptoms, getting to the poems that deals with my mental, mental problems, the mental health issues, um, depression, PTSD, anxiety, um, things I've never had before. I mean, I used to travel with crowds of people around, you know, Lennox Lewis and Mike Tight, like crowds of people being in those environments was second nature now having the anxiety and the mental health disorders the behavior started changing where i was very confrontational um i was very quick to snap um and thank god i i, I my wife of 29 years is a nurse she's worked with dementia patients um and she's also a saint and she really you know she should be writing a book on the caregiver side and how to deal with patients and how to talk to people with tbis because it's not all on us and that's where i want my community of warriors to realize is it's very aggravating it's very hard when your loved one doesn't understand that you're only quiet because you're tired or don't want to be you know say something wrong or you don't want to be mean but though they don't understand that and it's it, i really just feel it's a constant letting my wife know i'm letting my wife know i'm okay but then I can also see when I'm not okay by the looks in her face, the questions she asks. And, you know, it's, it's a communication thing, but um, I guess I'm just, you know, really fortunate and really 
really to the part of just pro exercise. You know, we can do this right from our homes. You don't have to be in a gym setting. Um, getting getting into these groups and, and communicating, putting posts out there. We can't help and we can't know what's going inside you or, you know, unless we speak out. And it, it's hard to say that when there's days we don't want to get off the couch. We don't, we, we can't look in the mirror without seeing emptiness. We don't want to reach out. We just, we just battle the depression, but that's, that's the most important time to reach out. And I just wish everybody and anybody could just find something, whether it's drawing a picture, it's um, writing a poem, singing a song, taking a walk, something productive. Again, we're not gonna be able to take away the facts. We've had numerous concussions, the damage is done. But are we going to roll over and just let that be the end of us? Or do we want to fight the symptoms? And anybody and everybody that wants to fight the symptoms, I'm here to go to fight with them. And I'd like to help in any, any way possible that I can help anybody that goes through, you know, what we're talking about. And a lot of the meetings... I've gone back and, and listened to your organization. You, you run a great organization. You have a huge foundation here. And just love to see the people use that and use that channel to express yourselves, use that channel to reach out, ask questions. Um, I just think we all need to be a network of sharing. Um, you students keep rocking, doing what you're doing and learning because we're just here so you guys can pick our brains. We're here so you guys can see our behaviors. You know, you guys are the ones that have to come up with the changes and you guys need to come up and, and think of the things and share the things that can work. So that's pretty much I had like if anybody has questions or anything I'd be more than I'll answer any questions I'm just not too good at going just free form like that but I think that was about 20 minutes can you tell us some more about your poems maybe yeah absolutely um it's pretty simple I education was not my thing I grew up in southeast DC I didn't get out of the ninth grade before they finally just said, hey, we want them out of schools. Um, it, it goes deeper than that. I was adopted and abused from the time I was born. Um, grew up in the crib, remembering my adopted mother coming there, punching me like a grown man, and then just walking out, leaving me crying in the crib. So school, probably see spelling stuff on my poems, but one night I was just sitting here and I just wrote a poem and it was um, about taking care of me, like what my wife must go through and what she, you know, what she goes through being a caregiver. And it was almost like an apology letter I wrote her. And I didn't realize I wrote it in a poem form. And then when I wrote that to her, it started making me really just thinking, okay, 
boom, PTSD. I have something for PTSD, wrote a poem on it. My anxiety, wrote poems on it. So I started charting my poems is, is, is my battle. And um, I post a lot of poems. There's, there was some in my story, but I've probably written over about a hundred poems. I'm working right now and putting it all into a book or maybe making a calendar. We haven't decided yet. Um, but just something that shares and I've gotten just so much response from it. How like, thank you so much. I can't speak these words, but they feel exactly, exactly how I'm explaining it. And I look at it as one, I'm trying to educate the caregivers out there, not the caretakers, because we all know the word taker. If you're a caretaker, you're not a caregiver. You know, and I, I always tell people, be careful which word you choose, because if you tell me you're a caretaker, it makes me think away. You shouldn't be taking anything. You know, being a caregiver is how you beat this and how you make it work is we're not the ones that's able to bend. I'm sorry. We're, you know, not trying to sound victimized, but we need our loved ones to bend. And by them bending, of course, it'll automatically change in our behaviors. But, you know, that's what we need. But back to the poems, um, just it, it's something that I just, when I've gotten through my darkest, darkest times, I found it so easy to write. Now that I'm healing, I haven't had any interest. It's weird. I haven't had any interest in writing in the last couple of weeks because this is probably the best streak I've had in the last 10 years. I'm just enjoying the ride right now. And I haven't had, I don't have negativity. I usually write to get away from negativity. Um, usually write to get away from hurt and just all those things I write about everybody can share because it's about PTSD. It's about anxiety. It's about feeling like a ticking time bomb. It's about not, you know, tired of people. Oh, Alan, you look so great. Well, if you only knew how I felt inside. So, you know, there's so many different things, but the poems have gotten me through. Um, I just got my, I just got my cure card. There's lady and i think she belongs to your group she makes artwork and um for concussion legacy she sent me that with a nice little note after my surgery things like that that's right there her way of sharing and expressing herself and wow it sits up on my mantle now and i look at it and the bright colors and that's what we need the networking we need to stick together we're a community but we need to be a voice. And that's why I write the poems to be that voice. And he, see, I just stopped from there. Look, I caught Emily. Sorry, Emily, I caught you getting a little bite in there. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was eating some almonds. Um, Alan, would you be willing before we cut the recording to share one of your poems? Sure. Let me. Uh... Let me get get on my phone here. I got not a problem. I'll uh 
I'm trying to find something to just go in. Here, this is called my my hourglass. My life, my life like the sand going through an hourglass. Sometimes it's slow, sometimes it's fast. I look into the mirror, but nothing looks back. Is the mirror empty or is it just my soul? Because with CTE, I cannot control my actions, my feelings, my compassion and care. You look in my eyes, but nothing is there. And that's just, just a little one I wrote about just the hourglass. And then um, this is the one that they put out there is I once was the rock of, I once was the rock, our family power. That's before my brain began to turn sour. I was a husband, a dad that made everything great. Now every day I have to start with a clean slate. The things I say and the things I do often to get a reaction from you. I go for the jugular, knock you out at the knees. The words that I say only come from CTE. Now I can't make decisions or take care of the money. The thing's happening so quick, it's not even funny. I put my words down while I can understand. These words come from my brain right into my hand. My hands now express the thoughts and feelings we all go through. Where this will lead us, we have not a clue. This disease has no cure, but one thing I can say for sure, with the things that we go through in a day and still can't find in our way, to be caught between the stage of truth and fiction because my brain has so much friction. So my warriors without a voice keep battling the demon like you have no choice. We will not win this fight, but I'm fighting for the future CTEers, not just the mic. And that's just, just a couple, I'm, like I said. Thanks, Alan. Absolutely. Today I have Emily, who is also part of uh, the Mayo chapter of the Concussion Legacy Foundation, Nick from Concussion Talk Podcast, um, and his co-host, Aaron, um, who is also the coordinator for the Newfoundland and Labrador Brain Injury Association, joining me. Um, Alan's uh, share was great, um, and I really liked his poems afterwards. Um, and we all had a really, really good discussion, too. Yeah, it seemed like it was very discussion-based, as he kind of started talking about the end, end of it, is not the end, but, you know, like, the... The background of kind of his experiences opposed to anything right up. So it seems like he does definitely put a talk more before or after or both. And yeah, I like the the poems are very good. I wanted I just was gonna say the uh, thing with the poems are talking about how he wrote his like to a way of apology and how it's just it's not just the sufferers, the concussion survivors, but it's also their friends and family. And mm -hmm. I guess you kind of touch someone else thinking too that it's it's also them because they they're just they're confused too with what's going on. They don't know they don't know they don't know if it's going on either. So it's not like it's their fault for getting mad or audio But if they get mad or they get confused, it's not it's not their fault because they don't know either. They're just trying to figure out as well as you are. Or as, you know. yeah, yeah, definitely. Um... And uh, when he was talking about like 
the difference between, I don't know whether this was in our discussion or in his recording, I can't remember, but the difference between, like, caregivers and caretakers, yeah. um, I never thought about, like, that, I, that was pretty cool. Yeah, it's the use of language, too, and it's yeah. just really interesting. I found his, uh, what he was saying about his poems as well, like, that right now, because he's on an upswing feeling really great, that he's not as creatively outletting. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that kind of makes sense, though, because it's obviously a root of therapy for him to like let out his feelings when the negative comes on and you don't always have to be forced to like make creative aspects but you still can when times get tougher yeah (laughs) the demon is coming out of the the speakers is that or is that emily is it you yeah i'm gonna try and whisper okay just just speak normally see what happens if I speak normally? That's, yeah. That's fine. There we go. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was a really, really good share. And I thought it was neat that we kind of access like some parts of the community that we don't normally access. We don't normally, um, like we have the occasional person pop up with probable CTE. Um, but we have what seems like multiple people that are dealing with um, CTE type of situation um, and that was really neat to hear their struggle which you know has its similarities and has its differences um, I think it's amazing that Alan has continued past the three years he was given but then like that's amazing and what um what he didn't say is he, or maybe he did say it in the recording, but he had heart surgery like last week. He mentioned And he that. did this thing he... yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. was, were there many people in your, in your group that had that experience of CT or dementia? Or was it mostly the uh, same concussion survivors group? Overall, I would say our group's like concussions. Um, yeah. But the like the probable CTE there were a few people yesterday that were there um, that joined us and uh, it was also interesting to just see um, I mean Alan kind of knew the one guy and um, and they were talking about how well the guy was talking about how like how much Alan's poems have helped him and like um, his wife reads them, his mom reads them, um, and, like, they also kind of get a better understanding through Alan's poems, um, and it was also just, like, it was super interesting to see how, I don't know, it's different, but it's similar in the sense that, like, you're struggling, obviously, but it's super, like, it's very different in other ways, um, and it was really cool to have, people that do have probable CTE um, come and join um, the concussion group where some people, maybe it's their first concussion um, and just like, you know, just differences and similarities. Yeah. I mean, the one thing that struck me is like, so you're talking about the differences and similarities is like, you know, with concussion and TBI, uh, people come in and it's like, oh, like, let's do this rehab to get you better, um, and your brain is just kind of where it is, and CTE is, a, like you said, a dementia, and we always yeah. think of it as that just going downhill, right? And at least that's how I've always thought of it, is like, 
I was always nervous about having CT people in the meetings because I'm like, uh, like how how do we give you any form of hope? Because like your brain is deteriorating, right? Um, but it was amazing to see that even in that, with him, you know, doing his exercises, doing testosterone therapy, doing his creative outlet, that there are these ups and downs, and that you can, you know, gain some quality of life back, um, even if it'll go back down. Um, mm-hmm. And I hadn't really ever thought about it, you know, being handled like that, because, it, you know, I just always thought, yep, death sentence. But I guess we're all kind of on that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're still all fed up, but, like, they can still do things to make, you know, I don't know. I just you understand That's what true. I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. Very true thought. <laughs> and and, and you mentioned like one of the, the first episodes we did about you. Uh, there's a you met a uh, someone in one of the someone in one of the groups that was talking about how they are getting better. Their brain is getting better as they heal, and I think Aaron's distracted by her cat now. Okay, I'm just saying. Um. That Dez is not talking to me, so that's why I wasn't oh, here. Oh, I was, was Oh, um, no, I was saying that, Darren, you were saying that you were relating with that. One of the first that you were talking to somebody who uh, who said that they are actually improving now, because you know they had a brain injury, and I keep talking to Darren and know what the cat is. It's okay. I'll keep get, going. Okay. No, it's just because, like, that actually improving, and... Uh, and uh, and I guess I'm not sure how CD therapy works, but uh, it's not like you know. It's not just like I don't. Th- I don't think it's the same as dementia or Alzheimer's. But there are definitely aspects of that, but it's not the same thing. I don't think. But again, now I don't know. You guys are the CD group, the Concussion Legacy Foundation is CD group. So you tell me, but uh, yeah. So there are like hundreds of different types of dementia, and that's what people don't realize. There are so many different, and maybe Aaron knows more about this, but um, they all fall into an umbrella, right? And Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, those are our, those are our big ones, right? But CTE is just another form of dementia, and, and all of them are characterized by the brain slowly deteriorating. Um, the CTE, of course, as we know... <laughs> by the very, very strong correlation, not causation yet, but the very strong correlation comes from the traumatic brain injuries. I don't know if, Aaron, you can speak more to that, but it is actually, it's a buildup of tau protein, which is just like what we see in Alzheimer's. Yeah. Yeah, they all kind of, they fall within similar aspects, but they're each categorized by their own different symptoms. So, like... Treatments will vary in that case, and like some prognosis will look better until you reach a certain point. But it's right, like with it's more so managing a disease versus like trying to get better kind of thing. Like often we think about concussion, we see like, oh, like if you do this and this, like you'll probably get back to like a good point. But it's like you can reach a good point within dementia, but you never know what's going to happen the next day kind of thing. It easily just kind of keeps building. There's no real stop or cure yet to it. So, is there a uniform, <laughs> there a uniform definition of of a, of a non-definition of a uniform like prognosis of these different types of dementia? 
Like, is are they? Is that across every every jurisdiction? No, so, well, like within dementia, because you have so many different things, like Parkinson's, you mentioned Emily too, like that doesn't even have real cognitive effects. It's more just irritation of your motor strip. So, like, you're just having physical effects, but like cognitively, you're still very there. Sometimes you lose like your speech and stuff with the deterioration of just your vocal cord and like all the physical aspects. But like, that's not even related to your memory. When you hear dementia, you always think memory is going. But, like, there's so much more to it within every kind of subset. Yeah. yeah. And one I've seen a lot is Lewy body dementia, which is another whole different one. And so each one kind of has their own prognosis. And Lewy body is pretty characterized by some motor movements, but uh, they tend to have hallucinations. Mm-hmm. Um, and that can be a really big sign. Um, and some certain dementias, Alzheimer's kind of, sets on like over time but some dementias it's just like next day and all the symptoms appear at once so it, it really varies a lot yeah and um, i think it's like one of the reasons too it's so hard to define and tell people because all of them differ for like very various reasons and it's like oh well if we're gonna have to explain 20 different things to people that's gonna get a bit tricky um but that's why it's so nice to hear about that aspect and like for that community like he always talked a lot about having that community and speaking up and having your voice out. Like, I think that's really important because obviously a lot of those survivors and people going through it are only hearing like, oh, you have dementia. Like, this is that umbrella. Like, you must be experiencing this. And it's like, not necessarily like, this is my specific subset. And I want to hear from people who are also going through this subset and see that experience. Yeah, exactly what I was trying to burn off. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but no, he, uh, I like the, his point that he made with community, especially because I'm all about community rehabilitation and talking and stuff. And he uh, really obviously cares and wants to show that side. And then the fact that he was just so thankful for his wife and his family and everything and saying, like, the people who are there to take care of you and understand, like, it's hard for them as well. Yeah. 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 I, I, what is going on? That's weird. Check my speakers. Um, I uh, I think that's another thing where it kind of varies with like concussions and CTE though is the because CTE it's like like Emily said like it's it's a long term thing like it's not you know um. So it is, like, the people around you that are taking care of you and stuff and there for you. Um, and um, he – and same with the other person that um, has probable CTE. Both of them were just very thankful for, like, their family that's around them and, um, like, really acknowledged how hard it is for not only themselves but their family um, and how hard uh, – like their diagnosis is um, for their family as well. But um, I also just, the fact that Alan, um, he, yeah, he, him being all about like community and like supporting everyone. Like I think at the end of the meeting, he was like, all like I will give my number out to all you guys. Like call me whenever you need someone. Like he was just, just so, and it was so genuine too. Like you could tell like he wasn't, like just saying nice things to be nice and stuff. And um, he, yeah, he was just very genuine and he, 
cares a lot. Um, and uh, it was also super cool to, there was someone that asked him about, like, um, if he was afraid of, like, returning to sports ever and, like, how he would deal with that. And he kind of talked about um, how, like, he trains two professional boxers now and how, like, sometimes it's really hard to, like, train them and, like, watch them get hit in the head because, like, he'll get flashbacks and, like, it's scary and confusing and brutal um, because it's, yeah, just, like, flashbacks for him but um but then he was also talking about how like boxing saved his life like if he didn't have boxing he would be dead or in prison and um and uh he was just kind of talking about um how like yeah it's harder to watch it now but he thinks about like where would those people be if they didn't have it kind of thing and um and to answer that person's like question about returning to sports he was kind of like well can you do just, like, the training aspect? Like, just kind of, like, he was really emphasizing, like, the check-in with yourself, like, what you can and, like, what you can do, what you feel comfortable with, like, what you want to do. But then he also emphasized, like, don't let the fact that, like, you've had a concussion, like, stop you from doing anything because you can do anything you want to do. Like, um, and, like, maybe it'll be a little bit different, but uh, you could still do... Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like the same thing that I was saying about just being engaged with the community. And that's, that's all that's all it is, is like sport, team sport especially, especially in sport is your training in the center with other people. There's just a it's community, it's just building community and relationships, relationships with others. And I think that's mm-hmm. what's that's so big important. He obviously plays a lot of importance on that. Yeah. Definitely. Um... And I mean, his emphasis about how, like, a concussion is a concussion. The story behind it is just a story. Um, So that was cool, too. Like, when he was, like, he said that, I think, towards the beginning of, like, his talk, just about how, like, it doesn't matter how you got it. Um, Like, you're still, like, you still have a concussion. You're still experiencing these things. The story doesn't matter. And I think that's that's something that's really important, I think, for people to realize, especially in the support group. We've had people come in that are, like, super embarrassed to talk about how they got their yeah. um, question or embarrassed that they got a concussion from this one thing because it seems so stupid. But it is just a story. Like, no matter what, like, you did get a concussion from it. It did affect you. Um, the story doesn't yeah. matter. I think there's a lot of anger held within that too, like especially people who sometimes get injured on the job. Like there's a lot of blame and anger held within that and that kind of prevents you from healing in a way. Like Yeah, yeah when you can't move past like, oh well my workplace I've had this in place or this in place and it's like yes, but like you also could have walked outside and slipped on ice and hit your head. Like mm-hmm. it really could have been anywhere that this happened it's unfortunate that there wasn't more protections in place and there should be but you know it's still just a fact of your life now which is more so the acceptance part so you just have to keep pushing forward with it I think like his experience with that too would relate a lot to the PTSD and like unpacking the trauma with that he would understand more Oh, I think those are excellent points, yeah. And uh, where, like, where can anybody, like, are his poems all in a book or they online? 
Is he having organized somewhere? He's uh, he's actually working on potentially doing a book with his poems, um, but he does post them online um, on Facebook groups. Like they're in the CTE resources group. Um, now that he's in our support group, he's posted a few there too. Um, and uh, there are a few other concussion support groups that are through like the Concussion Legacy Foundation that I see his posts. Um, and I don't know about his Instagram, Emily. Do you know if he posts anything there? I don't know. Okay. Um, but, but yeah, they're, they're all in, like, Facebook groups that are affiliated with the Concussion Legacy Foundation. And he's been posting a few on ours, too. And um, all of our members have really uh, resonated with um, his poems and really appreciated them. Um, so that's also super cool. Yeah, no, I like when he shared it too, because I don't really like poetry. Um, (laughs) I'm a very literal person. I don't like flowery language, but like his poems were just to the point, like clear language. And I was like, this is good. This is what I can interpret. Like, nice. It kind of shows how this Alton Coney work was doing. He was a boxer. You don't think him, like, you know, necessarily being the one to show like express to poetry but there it is like it's it's famous famous writing and freedom for if you're say a writer and you question then maybe years is your expression will be more visible than you'd think and it's just you never know yeah really neat i really enjoyed it yeah um yeah, he was, he was great. I really, it was awesome. Um, and I mean, I'd been reading his, uh, like, poems, like, on Facebook for probably, like, two years now. So it was cool to, like, actually, like, talk to him, you know, and um, he was awesome. Yeah. Emily, did you want to say something? Yeah, I was going to say something to look out for is I have to call him today, um, which is not the day that you're going to hear this podcast, but... Um, <laughs> So, um, three three days. He wants, he, uh, he wants, we're going to plan a, um, sort of weekly exercise, um, event that he is going to coach through, um, on Zoom. And it'll be stuff that you can do right in your house, either sitting or standing, just using household items. Um, and we're going to hopefully sort out a way to record it so we can put it up on our website if you miss it. Um, but just because he's, you know, as he will, he's constantly said, you know, that working out really helps him moving his body and just like really, you know, we're not going to do like U.S. pro boxing workouts. <laughs> we're going to do nice and easy sort of like physio type stuff. So keep an eye out for that. Nice. Um, we're in the works. Very cool. I mean, yeah, another and you can like of building community. Um, he's yeah. He, uh, he was talking about that a lot um, about how much working out helped him, and then um, how awesome it would be to start this. And the group all seemed like they loved the idea. Um, I think it'd be awesome. So yeah, excited about that. Um, so uh, thanks again to Alan for. Uh, joining us and sharing um thanks to nick for helping us do the podcast um and aaron and emily for joining 
We'll have a new podcast posted Monday morning. Our upcoming podcast can be found on concussiontalk.com, Spotify, YouTube, and Apple Podcasts. You can find more information about our peer-to-peer support group um, that is free and open to everyone on concussionmtl.com. We hold four weekly meetings on Zoom. We're always looking for Thursday morning speakers. Don't hesitate to reach out. Thanks for listening. Head Check Health bridges gaps in concussion care through simple, powerful technology. Join organizations like the Canadian Football League, Trek Factory Racing, the Canadian Junior Hockey League, Eastern Washington University, and Volleyball Canada who rely on Head Check to improve communication and optimize care. Visit headcheckhealth.com for more. The music at the beginning of this podcast is by Ben Sound. W- www.bensound.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.